El barrendero y la barrendera. <laughs> hey, they stick together, bro. All right, we're on. Well, this is a conversation, just two simple guys talking smack, talking about what's going on, current events. Big Rob, Coach Munoz. Here we go. We're at Slauson and uh, Western. <laughs> around here, <laughs> between <laughs> Normandy and Western. We call this a, a twenty twin twin. Damn. <laughs> oh, smacks. All right, man. So, what's up? What's going on, Rob? Starting stuff in my face again. <laughs> the first episode we were eating. The second episode we're still eating. <laughs> we're, doing this, we're doing this shit on the run, man. It's just right. Trash trucks. Merry Christmas to all you listeners. Merry Christmas. Hey, this is a Christmas episode. Yeah, it is. Awesome. It's our, it's our, oh, 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 episode. <laughs> but we actually did see that happen. The trash truck was trying to pick up on the trash lady. Yep. Hey. He was trying to get her digits. One clean up and the other one was doing the, the, the dirty work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, bro. So that's what happened. Um, And then maybe like, maybe like a year later, bro, I was parked from the house. Mm-hmm. And then you know when you get that vibe that someone's looking at you and you feel that awkwardness? My wife and I were gonna go out. By the way, we're talking about parking spots in, in front of your house in LA. <laughs> Mind you, I, I live in Paramount, so it's not that bad, but <clears throat> Coach Munoz, uh yeah, it's it's pretty fucked up. Like I, I didn't know where the fuck I was gonna park. And this is where where community and building relationship with your neighbors comes in. Comes in because you know, we all know where we live, we all know where we park, mm-hmm. and we all know everything, right? But just being able to like like save a parking spot for your neighbor you know when they come home after a long day of work it goes, it goes a long way man because it, it shows it not only does it show respect but it shows community yeah it's, unity exactly it shows it's like it says love thy neighbor in the bible so hello you're doing that it's you're you're doing something you know in in a way where it's it's not that it's beneficial but you're doing a good deed for a neighbor you know and a lot of people don't do that shit you know i got people that double park where i live and I get fucking mad And I just call my buddy Hey Doug Do me a favor Bring the fucking tow dollars In the tow truck And I'll move your shit So Yeah My freaking My neighbor's like I, Cause I get home late I get At 8, 9 8, 8 o'clock actually And then Sometimes my mom She'll probably come home Like at 9, 30, 10 That's an older lady You know what I'm saying Yeah dude My dad comes home Like at 10, 30, 11 And I mean To be honest with you Um South Central LA does not have a nice rap. It doesn't. You know what I'm saying? So, it does. especially with older Latinos. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, we work in the medical field, but at the end of the day, it's like we want to be able to come home and just fucking park. Fuck yeah! Just park my car and get the fuck in my house. Like, there's other days like when the street cleaning. I don't mind freaking parking down the. Dude, I've parked three, four, three and a half, four blocks down down, down the house. You fuck. know what I'm saying? And then you got to worry about somebody gonna break in my car. Right. Is somebody gonna fucking steal my rims or somebody gonna take my catalytic converter? At Ooh. this point, at this point, you know what? You're you're damned if you do and damned if you fucking don't. So Right. <clears throat> so th- the story goes that um one of my neighbors across the street got shot. Oh yeah. And I'm talking about that. Yeah, dude. So my wife is like, Yeah, what is this? And I'm like, <laughs> Quit this. <laughs> like fireworks. She's like, It's not even for such a light. You don't need a fucking day in the hood to <laughs> right? no fire. So then here I come, bro. Here I come. I go. Of course, she got up. She wanted, you know, I'm like, well, hold back. I'll be there. Dude, my neighbor was shot across from the street of my house. 
at a time where I should have been driving, like arriving to the house. Fuck. So then, as soon as I saw him, and there was a bunch of people around him, I told my wife, get my mask. Get my freaking, like, my respirator mask and shit. And then, here comes Cue the, the song. Here comes, cue the song. Here he comes. Here comes Coach Munoz. <laughs> Dude, and there's this guy that's like, back up. Back up! Here's a doctor! <laughs> the doctor! <laughs> you know, might not tell you, my, my parents and, and myself, we work in medical field, so we're always in and out of the house with crubs. So then, I'm like, you, call the call the ambulance, you know, call 911. So the freaking paramedics come over, and... Um, Did they fucking start asking you? Like, I, and I'm sorry, because yeah. I, 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 it's just... I know when you call 911, they ask you all kinds of questions, and it's it's fine, you know, like, is the patient breathing, is the person stable? Yeah. Like, look, just send somebody fucking over here. There's a nurse already on his ass. I don't know what the fuck his vitals look like. Like, it's it just, instead of them, and I understand because they have to ask these questions. Because right. obviously when the paramedics arrive, they need to know, like, hey, you know, what, what condition is the, is the, is the, is the, you know, victim in... Um, what, what, you know, are they breathing? Are they, are they bleeding out or are they fucking, you know, whatever the case is. But dude, they ask you 20 fucking questions before they tell you, okay, an ambulance is on the way. And that's just not even like 50 cent, 21 questions. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's literally 21 fucking questions. So, so the freaking paramedics come over, they take them, take them. Um, my mom ended up taking care of this kid. You know what I'm saying? His brother passed next block because they, they both got shot. Oh shit! So the brother passed away. Yeah. Fuck. They he were, ran. They, he ran. They were getting in the car. This kid got shot. The, he took off in his car and he ended up slamming into a stop sign. Fuck. Next block down. He fucking he fucking hunched over and died. God. Right. Damn. So then maybe like a year passed by and you know I was I, my wife and I were gonna leave, go out and I get this vibe, bro, that like someone's looking at me. Through my rear mirror, I'm like, fuck, my wife is gonna come out right now. Like, what? How do I handle this situation? And, and I, this is why I tell you, you need to own a fucking gun living in this area. Again, I'm not, I don't, I don't condone violence. Believe me, I, I, I'm against violence. But when you're put in a situation where you have somebody looking at you, obviously, you, you know, I'm not saying, oh yeah, he's gonna fucking no. I'm not saying that. You should always have it with you to avoid or try to get yourself out of a predicament. My theory is, if you pull your gun, you're gonna have to fucking use it. Right. So. Again, you know, it's always good to have one for safety measures, but... You know? So then, I see I'm getting out of the car, and I'm like, fuck. And then I look, and it's the kid that I helped. Oh, no shit. Yeah. He comes over, and I get up, and he was like, hey, man, I just came back to say thank you. That's good, man. That, that's, uh... And then I was like, god damn. So then after that incident, his parents moved. And there was the other Vergasos right there. But even though they were still there, bro, always show respect for my parents and myself. Well, yeah, because it's 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 like I said, man. Respect goes a long way. Yeah, you know, you 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 do unto others, and then that's the that's the thing with with a nurse, you know, in the medical field. It's it's you know, you guys do things to save people. You guys are not in it just to, for the fucking money. I mean, yeah, it gets you guys get paid well, but it's like you guys don't do it just. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go collect the paycheck. I'm fucking. But I'm gonna tell you something back. right off the bat right now. Not every nurse is a great nurse. Fuck no, they're not. No, you know what I'm saying. Like, there's all. It's it's like okay, we're gonna touch the subject of not every nurse is a good nurse. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a cop. Not every police officer, not every sheriff's deputy. Yeah. They're not all. There's not always gonna be a good bunch. There's gonna be the bad bunch. There's just like, and you it's, know, it's it's and it's any, human nature. Exactly. It's just an. There has any, to be a balance, you know. But yeah. because of 
X, Y, X, X, X did something wrong. Now everybody know. What are you talking algebra now? X, Y, Z? <laughs> shit, I just took chemistry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and I finished math. That shit's fucking ridiculous. But you know what I mean? Yeah. You can't. You know what I'm saying? Not all Hispanic people are bad. Mm-hmm. Not all Hispanic people, you know. Not every not every yeah. Latino drink is a drunk driver. Not no. every Latino is a murderer. Just like not every black person's a ghetto exactly. or, or or a robber or a thief or none of that bullshit. Like you know, there's I mean? always a bad bunch in the in the people that in the community, regardless of of ethnicity. It can be black, white, Asian, Latino, you know, Middle Eastern. There's always a bad bunch in every group, and you can't sit here and say, "Oh no, there isn't." No, there is. Yeah, there is, and it's not that we're stereotyping. We're not. We're just clarifying how coach Munoz and I feel about certain situations like we're just pointing out our opinion right so we don't want you guys to think like oh they're racist they're, no 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 please on the contrary it's just we're just having a simple conversation we want to go ahead and starlight the best of the bunches exactly right um, and regarding that you know a lot of people tell me like oh or people want to go into the nursing field medical field like look if you want to give it a try go ahead and do it but don't do it for the wrong reasons. Right. Doing it for the wrong reasons is doing something for the money. Exactly. At exactly. the end of the day, it's about fulfillment. Mm-hmm. It's about how you feel doing it. It's about taking pride in your job. It's exactly. About, it's about doing it because it's, it comes from your heart and because you're going to take pride in your job and you're going to do it with love, with with effort, with pride. Exactly. And, and I mean, honestly, bro, like I was thinking of becoming a paramedic. And I had negativity around my ass the whole way. Like, oh, dude, you're not going to fucking like it. You're going to see this. You're going to see that. So one day I sat down, bro. My older brother and my dad were, were sitting there. And I was telling them, you know, like, hey, you know, like, I quiero, quiero ser paramedico. And they were like, my dad was like, well, you can do it. Yeah. He's like, of course you can do it. You know, you can put anything you put your mind to, you can do it. And I was like, cool. And then my older brother's like, I want to ask you one question. And my older brother, when he asks me a question, he doesn't ask it to, to be negative. He asks to want to make sure that this is the assurement that I want to take into the step of my life. Okay. Bro, my brother fucking sat there. He looked at me and he had tears in his eyes. And he's like, anything you decide to do, I back you up. Okay? Okay. He's like, well, let me ask you something. I'm like, what's up? What are you going to do or how would you take it if the person you're trying to save dies? Oh, I've had that happen. Let me tell you. And I sat there and I thought to myself and I was like, this is a fucking curveball right out of left field, Fuck, I never thought about that. Shit. I told my older brother, you know what? I don't know, man. I don't know what the fuck I would do. I don't know how I would take it. And I I, I told him, you know what, man? I, I, I don't know. This shit had my fucking mind boggling, bro, for fucking days. And then it turned into weeks. And then it turned into a while where it was like almost a month to like three months where this shit was getting me. Until finally one day I just came to my senses and I'm like... You know, there's really nothing much I can do if I'm trying to resuscitate a a victim or a patient and the patient passes. I said, this is God's will. If God's telling me, hey, you're doing the best you can, but I have to call, I'm calling on this individual home. He's coming with me. I can't argue about it. I can't fight. I can't fight or argue. I will continuously fight to try to keep the person alive and, and resuscitate the person as best as I can. You know, I finally told my brother, and my brother's like, okay. He's like, but it took you a while to answer me. I was like, well, fuck, I didn't know. You know, you right. caught me with a curve. He's like, I, he's like, I don't tell you or ask you because I don't want you to do it. He's like, I ask you because... That's reality. And excuse me if I get emotional. Um, he asked me because 
if I was to be a paramedic and God forbid something was to happen to my dad and I would try to resuscitate my father uh-huh. my father had a wristband on him that says do not resuscitate if I was a paramedic in that field my job is resuscitate revive help and I changed my mind about it bro because I thought to myself I can't get attached I'm not going to get attached to my patients of course I'm not or, or the people that I transport but there's always going to be that thing in my head like that could be my father you know what I mean like that this individual can be my father and what I, and what if the, the what if question starts to so you know what man I, I didn't pursue it not because I was negative or, or or the bad the the bad influence or the questioning that they were asking me I did it because I didn't do it correction was because I didn't know how I would react if I was to lose a patient and that's what separates a good so it, and that's what separates someone from doing best at their job and someone that's gonna do an okay like a, that's gonna do a job you know what I'm saying because at the end of the day there has to be some kind of a relationship sometimes between a patient and an employee you know it, it's um the day my dad that I got a call that my dad wasn't doing well my wife's a nurse you know, and I was at work and I left and I, you know, my older brother calls me and um, I was working at a dispensary at the time and um, he was like, hey, uh, so mind you, let me backtrack to the story real quick so I can fill you guys in on what, what I'm touching about. <laughs> I lost my father to cancer in uh, 2017, August 3rd. Um, my father had battled cancer, which is multiple myeloma for about eight years. And on this particular day, August 2nd of 2017, my father was, um, my father slipped and fell and he fractured his hip and that's what triggered everything. You know, I, that morning I went, I helped out, I, you know, we exchanged beds and I pulled the bed out so they can bring the medical bed for my father. And, um, I was at work. I was like, all right, dad, I'm leaving to work, you know? And then my dad's like, what are you drinking? Cause mind you, I bought KFC. My dad loves, loved KFC, but he didn't want to eat. So he's like, uh, que tomando? He asked me in Spanish, what are you drinking? And I said, Dr. Pepper. Mind you, bro, my father never drank Dr. Pepper. He drank a sip of it. He's like, ah, but I made Cena, like medicine. Like, ah. That is nasty, though. I don't know how I, people drink freaking Dr. Pepper. I don't drink it a lot, bro. I, I, I used to drink it a lot, but. <clears throat> so I leave to work, you know, and my dad, you know, I'm going to grab my soda. And my dad takes, like, literally, my dad drinks, like, half of my fucking Dr. Pepper in one fucking sitting. And that started to worry me because I'm like, my father, he must have been fucking thirsty. I'm like, no, you know what? Like, eh, I'll leave it alone. So I leave to work, man, and I'm at, I'm, at the, I'm at the shop. I have my plate carrier on. I have my pistol on my fucking, on my right. And I'm in the middle of a conversation with the manager, and I get a phone call. We shut down at 11, at midnight, and my brother calls me at 11.45. That the hospice nurse was at the house, and that my dad wasn't doing too well, and she doesn't think that my dad would make it through the night. I hung up the phone. I told my buddy, Doug, what's up, Doug? Um, I was like, I got to go. My dad's not doing good. I was like, I'll leave you the pistol and the shotgun. He's like, don't worry about it. Just go. I'll, sh- I'll shut down. I'll walk out with the shotgun. I was like, make sure you unload it before you go home so you don't fucking, if you get pulled over. Dude, I get in my car. At the time, I had a Charger, bro. I had a 2014 Dodge Charger RT, fucking tinted windows all the way around, and I had my fucking rims uh, by my buddy. Plastic did black, flat black. So it looked like a fucking undercover cop. So I jam 
the dispensary is off of Pico and I want to say Cloverdale. Some shit like, no, it's not Cloverdale. It's Redondo, somewhere around there, that area. I can't really remember. And um, Pico La Brea. So I get in my car. Mind you, Wilshire Division's right there off of Venice and, Venice and La Brea. Mm-hmm. So I get in my car and I jam out of there and I'm fucking, I take uh, Pico across to um, San Vicente and then San Vicente up to Olympic and I'm on Olympic and Western and I pull up to an LAPD squad car and I have my plate carrier on. So they kind of looked over at me. They're like, what's up? I was like, hey, what's up? I said, fuck the red light. I'm gone. You're going to pull me over. You're going to catch me at the house. I don't give a fuck. They didn't chase me. I got to my brother's house and uh, when I got there, my dad was not responding. My dad was breathing. My dad was, his eyes were shut. He was breathing, but he wasn't responding. And I talked to my dad. And I was like, Dad, you know, levante said, Papa, I estoy aquí, you know. And he was just not responding. And um, I get on the phone and I call my wife and I'm like, I'm like, hey, um, my dad's not doing too good. Um, do me a favor and get over here and bring Matthew, my son. So she gets there like, bullshit, you're not broke. I hung up. My brother lives off of Normandy and the 101, okay? I'm in Paramount. I'm off the 710 and the 91. Mm-hmm. She gets there in 20 minutes. Bullshit, you're not broke. She got there in 20 minutes. Mind you, my wife's a nurse. I told her, bring your stuff with you because the fucking nurse left. Like, the hospice nurse fucking leaves. Right. I'm like, you have a patient that's not doing well and you leave? And you're... Sh- yeah. You're again, we touch the subject of the people that like to do their job and the people that don't like to do their job. Because upon reading uh an article of, of the what the hospice company or the hospice nurse is supposed to offer, she's not supposed to leave the patient's side whatsoever at that point because if the if the patient passes, she needs to be there presently to take vitals and confirm him dead. Yeah. Okay. So she left. So I'm like, whatever, dude. I didn't, at that point, I didn't care, you know, like, fuck it, take off, my wife's on her way here. So, we're there, and my son comes in, and my son sees me a fucking mess, and he's like, what's wrong with my grandpa? I was like, your grandpa's not doing well, and your grandpa might not make it past the night. So, I just kind of try to get my son ready. I said, look, when you get in there, I said, um, talk to him. I said, you're, you're the sunshine It'll wake him up. Mm-hmm. So I get in there and I tell my dad. Because my dad used to call me and my son, El Peludo y El Pelón. Mm-hmm. I'm the Pelón, obviously, because I'm fucking bald. I shake my head. Um, my son's El Peludo because he has a fucking full head of hair. So I'm in there and I'm talking to my dad. And I'm like, grab him. And then my son puts his hand on him. He's like, Dad, he's cold. I was like, he's fine, puppy. He has the fan on. Obviously, he did have the fan on. So I'm like, Papa, aquí está su peludo. Papa, aquí está el peludo. Levántese. My dad wouldn't respond. And when I told Matthew, I was like, talk to him. And Matthew goes, Grandpa, it's me, Matthew, uh, El Peludo. My dad opens his eyes, picks his head up, smiles, and he tells him, Ally, Ally. He was just waiting for him. Yep. Puts his head back. He doesn't respond anymore. And, you know, I got to tell you that I'm grateful to my wife because my wife did not leave my father's side. My wife tried to do everything. She monitored his oxygen. She was consistently checking his heart rate. She used her stethoscope. Um, 
And um, she continually put, put the blood pressure, pressure the blood pressure machine on him. She had these little oxygen. Like, I, there's so much shit that she had, bro, that I, I can tell you, like, where the fuck did you buy this shit? Because I, I don't remember <laughs> seeing it. She pulled out a bag, bro, and then um, <clears throat> my dad's oxygen was running low. We, he was on an oxygen machine. And um, my younger brother's like, yeah, you know, just take me to the house because I'm going to go. I got to go to work in the morning. And I'm like, at this point, I looked at my brother like, you're more worried about going to work than your dad? In my head, I'm like, fuck this fool. All right, I'll take you. I, I left. I, I left, coach. I was gone no more than 15 minutes, man, because I was I jammed, dude. I My dad lived off of Venice and Western. My older brother's off of Normandy and, and, um, and Melrose. So I fucking jammed down in the, in, uh, it was my wife's car, actually. I jammed down in her car. I fucking grabbed the oxygen tank, and I went back. I left at 2.15. I got back at 2.30. And when I got in the house, my dad had just passed away. My wife was at his side, continuously checking his vitals, making sure. And when I walked in, she told me, she's like, your dad just passed away. I start trying to perform CPR. Because I'm like, no, I don't want to lose my dad. I start trying to perform CPR. My older brother and my wife, like literally they both put their hands on me. And they're like, he doesn't want you to wake him up. Because he said, remember what he said? And mind you, like my dad, my dad would joke around. He's like, "Si yo me voy, yo no quiero que me vayan a levantar. Yo no quiero levantarme como un pinche vegetal. Yo no quiero ser zanahoria y tirado como una zanahoria recto." In other words, my father in Spanish said, "Don't resuscitate me, because I don't want to end up a fucking vegetable. I don't want to look like a fucking carrot just laying there." So, you know, mid way through me trying to resuscitate him, I stopped. I started fucking bawling my eyes out, um, and I just asked him to wake up. And I noticed then and there that the love of her job, she still tried to see if there was any way that my dad had a pulse. She tried to see if there was any way my dad was still breathing. She did everything until, you know, we just kind of said, well, it's uh, 2.33, you know, he's not, he's, he passed. And um, the point I'm trying to get at here is um, nurses like Coach Munoz, my wife, I'm sure there's, a, you know, his parents, um, they're dedicated people to their job. They love their job. They put in 110% um, of their job. And kind of honestly, um, I think that you guys should start using the phrase that the pararescue jumping from the Air Force say. What is it? So that others may live. You know, you do that job so that <clears throat> others may live. Granted, these guys, if you ever get a chance, uh, it's called Inside Combat Rescue. Um, I think it's on... Um, Amazon TV, or if you download it, these motherfuckers are badass. They're like paramedics in the medical field, bro. Like, they come in in a chopper in the middle of a fucking gunfight, and they grab dudes that have been fucking lit up. Either an IED got them, they got shot, or some shit, whatever happened. And they're not only dealing with people in the military, they actually also take care of civilians, Afghanistan civilians. Um, look into it. It's called Inside Combat Rescue. Inside Combat Rescue. Yep. We'll make sure that we'll put a link down below. Uh, if we possibly can, um, I'm really hoping that this episode will be able to be accessible on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll put a description down below. Um, also, I want to touch the other subject. I want to move on. Um, regarding children that are loved. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> you know? Um, children are a complete reflection of the, the lives that they live at home. Mm -hmm. You know? Caring, nurtured. Affection, affection, attention, attention. You know, you take, you can, 
easily take a look at a kid and be like, oh my god, this kid comes from a loving home. Right. It can be a. It can be a. It can. It can be. The, either the kid is being raised by his grandparents, his grandparent, uncles, uncle, uncles, brothers, yep. brothers. You know how much love is, is is in that kid's environment, and being in a, a loving kid environment has so much potential in a kid. Oh, it's got it's got a huge impact in the kid's life, right? You know, and and I can tell you right now, like I grew up, I grew up poor. All right, I lived in a one bedroom apartment until I was fifteen. All right, but I'll tell you this much. I had a roof over my head. I had clothes on my back. I had food in my mouth. Okay. And I think we talked about this in the prior episode yeah, we did. where I said, you know, that we 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 weren't given everything. I wore fucking pro wings. You know, I wore I wore XJ nine thousands. I wore swap meet shoes. I wore yeah. fucking karate shoes from a Piojito, you know, in, in downtown on Alvarado, you know, and yeah, that, but, by the way, that, that store no longer exists. I know it doesn't, bro. It's it's got a I forget what the fuck this the store name is there now. It's like a um a Sal, Salvas or I don't know what the fuck it is. They yeah. it's all these new little chain market stores that they have yeah. there. Um but you know my parents didn't make a lot of money. But I could tell you this much, man. My father and my mother were highly involved in our lives. And this is the thing where I can tell you that I grew up with love. We weren't rich, we didn't have money. But I was fucking wealthy with love, affection, and attention. You know, my parents would always tell me they loved me. My father would tell me that he loved me. My brothers and, and, and I would tell each other we loved each other. And you know what, man? I think that any child that grows up with love in their life grows up to have a nice a nice life because that child was shown love. And granted, like, unfortunately, some of these kids that don't have that, you know, they're, they're raised differently. But they become loving. They don't, I'm not saying that they grow up to be bad people. No, on the contrary. You know, some people that don't get love, they might not be affectionate in a relationship. They might not be uh, verbally affectionate in a relationship. They might not even be, you know, wanting to be in a relationship. Sometimes they just want to be alone. And the reason why is because they've never received it. Mm -hmm. So if you've never received something... How could you how, give it? How can you give it? You know what I'm saying? It's not that they're bad people. Or sometimes... Have you met people that are really, really like... I don't want to say shy... But it seems like they're very shy. They're very to themselves. Of course, and it's got a lot to do with it's got it's got to do with maybe their own only child. Mind you, my son is my only child. But I'll tell you this much: if I ever get a chance to bring my son on the show, I will ask my son, and Coach Munoz can ask him. I tell my son I love him every day. I tell my son I love him as much as I can. Yeah, you have to because my father would always tell me he loved me. My father may have shown me tough love, and that's exactly what I'm showing to my son. But it's tough love, but look what it's made me. You know what I mean? I, I love my son. I will give my life for my I son. I tell Sophia, I'm like, who loves you? She's like, daddy. <laughs> and it's I'm different like, with a girl, though, brother. It's different uh, with a girl because a boy is attached to his mom. A girl is daddy's girl. And, you know, I could just tell you, bro, like, I have my nieces, bro. They're my, my nieces, my three nieces, my younger brother's daughters. They adore my brother. They're, like, attached to my brother. Granted, they spend a lot of time with their mom, but they love my brother because they're daddy's girls. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it, I don't want to say it's different, but it is different because it's biological. Oh, yeah. I have a goddaughter. I love my goddaughter, Sophia. She's, um, Sophia she's too? Yeah, her, she's <laughs> autistic. Um, and she, she has a couple of learning disabilities, but you know what, man? When she sees me, she hugs me. She, you know, and, and mind you, like, I have nieces that we're at a party. 
Uncle Robert. It's like fuck. It's like Uncle Robert, and I'm the swarm. I'm like the fucking. Cat. I'm like the honey, and the kids are the bees, bro. And they swarm my ass. But see, this is the thing, though. Like touching that subject as as kids and then loving. Sometimes, as an adult, majority of people forget what it's like to be a kid. Why? I I I, I can I, I can I, I witnessed it a few weeks back. I was taking care of this kid, you know. I was taking care of this kid, and his uncle came. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't do anything unless his uncle told him to. And then I caught him in the elevator as we were going down. And I'm like, man, I go, good, you know, nice meeting you, man. I go, he's a good kid. He's like, man, thank you so much. I'm like, you have no idea how much joy I saw in his face when you were there. Of course. I go, sometimes I told him like this. I'm like, sometimes we forget what it's like because as a kid, you will always look up to your uncles. Of course. So your older siblings like, oh my God, he has a job, he has a car. Like, I want to mm-hmm. be like you yeah, exactly. when I grow up. But when we get to that stage, we completely, like, I don't know if we, people shut that down. But it's like, no, dude, you got to continue exactly. to live that life and not forget why you're doing the things that you're doing them and why you're doing them for. You know? And it, and it, and it goes both ways, man. And it's, it's not only with life, it's also in a relationship, you know, because if you weren't shown love, if you weren't shown affection... You're going to be cold. And it's not because you want to. It's because that's what you were shown. And, and that's the way you were raised. And it's, again, it's not because you're, the people that raised you were doing something bad. It's, it's grand. We, I understand there's certain situations where, hey, I have to work because I have to provide. And I can't right. be there for you. Right. And it's understandable. Um, but when you are home that little bit of time, how are you with your child? How, how uh, are you affectionate? Are you loving are you supportive? Do you, you know, are you involved in your child's life? Again, I am not talking bad about anybody because I don't know everybody's situation or how everybody's life is because everybody has a different life. Right. But at the same time, you do have a few minutes for a couple of hours when you come home or if you work at night and he's there during the day, whatever the schedule may be, talk to your child, be involved in your child's life. Because you don't know what's going on in that child's head. And maybe that child just wants to get be loved. Right. Maybe he doesn't. he's not being loved enough and he's just asking, you know, there's certain ways that these kids will show you that they're asking for the attention. Oh, 100%. You know, there, there's a certain way that they'll, not a certain way, but a particular way that they will ask you. Like last night, for example, I left work early, right? It was pouring. It was massive. That's why I told you, be careful. You know what I'm saying? And then we finished with our last case and... I told my wife, well, if you want to wait an extra hour, I'm like, we'll go home together. Mm-hmm. My, my not to tell, we have a three years, she's going to be three. Her attention, her, she needs a, I don't want to say that she needs a lot of attention, but we her love, attention span. we love giving her attention. Right. And so that means that most of the time we're always together, mm-hmm. but that, that husband and wife relationship is so little that no matter what we can take we'll take even if it's the drive home from work or the drive from home to work work, it means a lot of course it does it's so it's 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 quality it's it's quality time but it's also an intimate moment that you guys are sharing so yesterday we're like hey what are we gonna have for dinner (laughs) (laughs) as we're driving home right and I was like, fuck, you know what? There's some tacos right there on Gage and Vermont. Ooh. Shout out. They have this like pico de gallo type of, but it's fucking spicy que la cola te duele. It burns. It, it, burns. <laughs> it burns. But it's really delicious. You feel me? Hey. So then I'm like, if yeah. If it's that hot, I'm like, it's worth I'm the like, shot. She's like, all right. She's like, I'm down. 
So when we get home, the baby's my mom took care of the baby yesterday, right? So of course, we get home and they're doing their thing. So I'm like, let's just eat together. We don't get that. You know what I'm saying? Let's just eat together and we have a moment to ourselves. It was like a 25-minute meal, maybe, whatever. But it was worth it, bro, because yes. you guys get to sit down. It's it's not only when you guys are laying in bed. I mean, I, I understand, you know, like, hey, we're laying in bed and we can talk. No, because when you're laying in bed, it's your mind is elsewhere. Your mind is like, okay, you know, you're prepping for tomorrow. You know, you're, you're mentally and psychologically getting your day ready for tomorrow. So when you sit down and you're having a, a meal, mind you, bro, with my line of work, I leave at four four in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I'm a truck driver and I deliver wine. Mind you, when I get home, it's like six thirty seven. So I stop and get myself something to eat because I'm like I'm not, I'm not gonna come home to cold food, bro. I'm, I, that's just me. If I want to come home, I want to hop late. And I'm not gonna tell my wife, oh, you need to go warm up my food. No. Oh, I'm, not, that subject come I'm not a machista like that. I can stop and grab myself something to eat. I can go shower, eat, you know, in the bedroom, have a conversation. And that's what we did, bro. That's how we would do it. Um, she's a nurse. She fucking works. You know, nurses work 12 fucking hours. I, and you guys are on your feet. It's not like me. I, I'm, I get to sit down, you know, and, and drive from here, you know, another 10, 15 minutes. But see, this is the thing. A lot of people don't understand, like, every job has a purpose exactly like yeah you're driving but yet you're driving a truck the truck is not going to stop on its own on its own it's not going to stop when you want it to stop you don't say i drive a an 18 foot refrigerated bobtail truck you know what i'm saying and i each pilot has 56 cases of wine each box weighs up to 40 pounds mind you that's 56 cases i'll do the math you know, if I have four pallets in that bitch, it's not going to be easy to slow that bitch down. Even if it has an air brake and the engine, exactly. engine brake. It's not you know easy. What I'm saying? So every, every job has its, has its, its, its part on the way that we live our lives. Right. So no job is better than another. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's what people need to understand. You know, like, I wanted to touch back on that topic of machismo, right? Or like being that man. Because at the end of the day... Sorry, I'm mimicking this Spanish. Right. But at the end of the day, it's true though. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's when you get married or when you have a significant other that you guys are living together, it's a 50 50. You, you know, you're a team. Yes. It's no more me, ifs, ands, or buts. Like, oh no, it's me. No, there is no. there is no I in team. Because when you put I in team, what happens? Divorce happens, separations happen, cheating. Cheating. You know well, correction, infidelity. I'm not going to oh. say cheating. Infidelity. Well, it goes on both parts. Same shit. You're putting your... Disrespect. Yeah. You, you know, and, and at sometimes, you know, depending on the on the, on the the relationship, abuse, you know, whether it's physical or it's it's verbal or mental, you know, and, and that in itself, man, I can tell you guys, it's fucked up. Yeah. It's fucked up. You know, sometimes we just have to learn a compromise. We have to learn to... Listen. Exactly. And there's a difference between being an active listener... Because this is one... Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you speak to your significant other... Let's just call him that, not wife or girl. No, your significant other. Your partner. Your partner. You want that person to listen and not give their... Not give you any feedback. That's a difference. Right? Right. Because sometimes as a significant other, you want your, your partner to listen to. And that partner does, is not an active listener. But it's gonna give you their feedback, and that's where the bickering comes in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's. It's just not even the bickering. It's just a. De- it, it turns from a debate 
you know, from a conversation to a debate to bickering to an argument to a fight. Yes. You know? And I'm not saying in that part, in that in, in those steps, but if, like, Coach Munoz is talking, for example, to his, to his wife, she's not listening, he gets upset because she's not paying attention. Right. So then he starts getting an attitude, and then she's like, well, what the fuck's your problem? No, what the fuck's your problem? You know, what I mean? and then there it goes. It's right. two negatives clashing with one another, right? And it's not going to do anything. And it's just—it's not supposed to be like that, you right. know. It's—it's it's, like I said. There's there's compromise. You, if there's something that your husband or your wife wants to do and you don't want to fucking do it, compromise. Com- exactly. Because you're going to want to go do something that she's not going to want to do, and you can be like, hey man, you know what, like. Remember last time I compromised and I asked, you right. know, I did what you asked. You know, you can at least do this with me. It's not that you're going to throw it in her face because you're not. You're just going to bring it up as far as like, hey, I compromise for you. You know, you can compromise for me. And then if you're in a relationship where you have great communication like that, I don't think you would have to worry about anybody compromising because yeah. just like you compromise, she'll compromise regardless. Exactly. And, and it's funny, but I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it's not something that's going to... S- that's gonna just be right off the bat. It's something that you it have takes to time. practice. It's like a, it's like you practice. It's like when you want to learn how to drive, when you want to learn how to take martial arts, or you want to learn how to shoot a gun. And I'm using these as metaphors because you have to learn step one through whatever the step it is until you master it to to perfect that craft. Right. It's the same thing in a relationship. It's the same thing in a marriage. You have to take steps to learn. And this is why you date. Before you get married. Right. So you know what her likes and her dislikes are. But at the same time, you're at that point, you're learning how to compromise. How to communicate. Exactly. That's the main focus is the communication. Because if you just grab your shit and you leave the house and she calls you and, (laughs) hey, where are you? I was looking for you. Oh, I left. Oh, but you didn't tell me and I went to grab lunch. That right there will start an argument. Right. Because you didn't communicate. Right. Or even if you send a quick text. Hey, uh, stepping out for a bit. Like me, for example, I, when I leave and I'm on the bike and I'm about to bang out, I'll text her using my fucking iWatch. Hey, I'm stepping out. I'm on the bike. I'll call you or text you when I get to where I'm going. And I'll let her know where I'm going. Like just recently, I did a toy run. You know, I rode up to Chatsworth to meet up with my boy. Shout out to the homie Burro, Corrupted Riders. And um, I came back down. You know, we, we banged back down to... to um, to Harbor City for the toy run. You know, we dropped off the toys. But I let her know ahead of time, like, hey, I'm stepping out for this, you know, and I communicated to her during the week. So, again, back to the communication. If you can communicate, there's understanding. Right. Because if there's no communication, there's no understanding. How do you expect her to understand what you want her to know when you're not telling her? Exactly. You know, it's like, like you said it, right, at the beginning of the dating scene, right? It just it just comes, and it's like, is, is she the one or... Is she the one that you want to spend the rest of your life with? That is a commitment. Of course it is. You know what I'm saying? It's not something that you can just, oh, I'm out. Right? It's not. Once you're married, once you're married, I mean, and, and it's, once then, you're married, it's there's no there's no easy saying like, oh, well, I'm gone. No, I mean, then you should have thought about it before getting married. Because right. Because you, it's not something you can just fucking, it's not like you're going skydiving. Like, oh, here's my stuff. Jump out the plane and fucking put Bumble a parachute. Knows. No. You know what I'm saying? So it's not all fun and games. There's going to be ups and there's going to be downs. There's no perfect marriage. You know what I'm saying? There's no but perfect But as, as, the, as the relationship continues to grow and evolve, it'll get better. Of course. You know what I'm saying? And with time. And with time because at the, at the, beginning, at the beginning of every, every relationship when you get married, 
remember, you don't know that individual's habits. You That's why you should date, live together before you decide to do that. Because if you get married and you didn't live together, hell, you don't know if she fucking farts, if she snores, if she drools. Like you don't know any of that stuff. Exactly. So you have, you should. I'm not gonna say you have to. You should try living with each other. You know, try try things out before you get married. Granted, if you want to get married, by all means, do it. But don't fucking call it quits. Don't call it quits because you don't want to fucking do it. Because you're tired of it. Nah, you knew what you were getting yourself into the minute you decided to do this. You obviously didn't take the test drive that you needed to do. It's like when you go buy a car. And I'm using this as a metaphor. Okay? Marriage and dating are like buying a car. You want to try out the car to see if that's your fit. If you like it. If you like the interior. That means if you like the personality of her. Obviously, if you're dating a girl and she's good looking, you're obviously going to fucking like the outside of the car. Again, it's a metaphor. Okay, please don't think, oh, he's comparing girls to, to cars. No, I'm using this as a metaphor. Right, okay? because it's not it's not a lease. It's not a lease. You it's, shouldn't look at it as a lease. It's a, it's a long-time purchase, man. And you right. can't fucking trade this bitch in because you're obviously not. Once you're married, you can't trade her in. Think you know? of it like that because, remember, you guys, marriage is, you know, you might have kids, right? You want kids living in separate homes and that's the thing did you grow up exactly. with your parents in separate homes back to the conversation that we had about loving parents right you know what i'm saying and and just support each other and everything that you guys want to achieve together yep. you know what i'm saying like for example my wife and i are complete opposites but we complement each other you feel me we're completely different yeah you say you compliment each other like but we complement each other because i'm outgoing She's more to herself. Yeah, that's the same way. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like, I'm like, oh, dude, I got this idea. Let me put this bitch out there. Right? And she was like, all right. She's, she's like, supporting. I, she's like, good, do it. Exactly. She's supportive. You know what I'm saying? Hey, man. It's like when I, you know, it's like when I told, it's when I told my wife, like, hey, I want to get my Harley. Go get it. You don't have a car payment. Go get it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> was I fucking went, looked at the bike. I'm like, this is the bike I want. And she asked me. Is that the bike you want? I was like, yes. She's like, are you sure? Because you can't trade it in. Or you can't change your mind later. And I was like, no, that's the bike I want. And she's like, okay, get it. Mind you, the bike I got was the bike I've always wanted. But now, I'm looking at another bike, and I'm like, fuck, I should have gotten that one instead. Yeah, but, but I, see, I love my bike. Don't get me wrong. I love my Harley. I love it. You know, and I've, I fixed it up, and I've, I've changed certain things on my bike. But it goes back to the conversation we're having as to where... You can't fucking trade her in later in a marriage or a relationship. And it's just like, for example, I don't, I don't want to throw this shit as a metaphor either, but it's like you've customized your Harley as your relationship continues to grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. Because your your wants and your needs are a whole lot different now. When we first got married, mm-hmm. this was what we had. When I met my wife, I'm like, look, when I met, when, when I told her, like, you know what? You want to get, you want to get married? And she said, yes. And I'm like, look. This is what I can offer you right now. Either you're in or you're or out. you're out. Dude, 12 year 12 year marriage, 13 year marriage. <laughs> Don't, Look, you know what I'm saying? And and with me it was I met her. I didn't I can't say it was love at first sight. But I did fall in love with her personality. The thing that caught me her attention was she had she has black layered hair. Okay? And I when I saw her with it, I was just like Ruff. <laughs> just be inside right um we dated um i had a sport bike at the time and um a rise rocket yeah a crotch rocket bro this is when i was young 
<laughs> I'm older now. I'm li- I literally, I had this fucking bike 20 years ago. 20 fucking years ago. And that's what I, what I mean. Like, you upgraded, right? Like, it just, it just shows, like, it just grows. You know how to ride a bike, mm-hmm. right? This is this is the things that you can do with that with that crotch rocket, right? Oh yeah. But now with the Harley, you're it's like, different. You can't fucking I can't fucking yank on that fucking throttle and go 120 miles an hour just like that. With my Harley, it's like, hey man, I'm cruising. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing it. Right. That. And that's what that's how my marriage is now. When we first started dating, it was like fucking fast. Like, all right, we we did this, we did that, we went to Magic Mountain. We fucking went to Universal Studios. We did all this shit. I can't do that shit now. Neither one of us. Why? It's just as I can't handle the rides. And we, we my fucking backwards. No, my neck, bro. <laughs> like my neck and my and I get headaches. And I'm like, okay. But with her, it's like she doesn't go out. She has friends, but she doesn't go out. I have friends. I go out. I fucking hang out. She doesn't drink. I I'm not gonna say I don't drink. I drink, but I don't fucking go overboard. Go overboard like I used to, um, because my father told me before he passed. In other words, in English, it's my dad would tell me, like, fuck, Robert. It's either until there isn't any more alcohol or till you're fucked up. One of the two. And he told me, why do you do that? And I learned from that day. So if we go out, I'll have one beer, two beers. If we're at home, I'll get fucking drunk at home. But if I'm out and about, I'm not going to do that. Um, but, you know. Like you said, you guys compliment each other. Yeah. Unfortunately, with myself, and not unfortunately, but with myself and my wife, it's not that we don't compliment each other. Like, oh, hey, you should do this. I'm supportive of whatever she wants to do, as well as she's supportive of me. Sometimes not that much. Um, she's supportive of me as far as, like, what I want to do in life and, and as far as, like, if I want to pick up a career or whatever, she's supportive of it. But when it comes to Harley parts and, 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 and guns, nah, she's not. She's like, you have enough guns. <laughs> She's like, you already have a bike, you don't need another one. I'm like, all right, cool. You know what? It's, it's, and I want to touch the subject about drugs with teenagers. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because it's, it's so important to discuss this topic. Yes, it is. You know what I'm saying? Because I smoke weed, I've gotten drunk, but I've never experienced with any other thing. You know what I'm saying? And my daughter was, uh, my oldest, um, I think it was one of the last conversations we've had, like her and I conversations. Uh, she was a sophomore in, in, in high school. So might not to tell you, she did gymnastics and she, she started getting to cheer when she was like four or five-ish. Mm-hmm. And she loved it. You were the cheer dad? Yeah, I was a fucking cheer dad. <laughs> Shit. Dude, for real, it was dope. <laughs> you know? So she got into that and she did cheer uh, gymnastics, actually. She, she was like in high school. So you, I mean, do the math. She was fucking great at it. Of course. She was fucking, went to state. So she was at that stage. It was fucking awesome, right? Sorry, guys, if you hear trucks or whatever, we're... Uh, we, we're, we're still at... We're doing them. We're still at, at the Home Depot right on here. On Western. On Western. I'm already on Western. <laughs> now, there's, uh, we're at the Home Depot and there's trucks pulling in and out of here. So we apologize. I apologize uh, on behalf of Coach Mooney and myself if you guys hear any other noise like trucks or whatever. It's just... Uh, we're having technical difficulties. Yeah. Okay. So then she came over. We took a hike to Griffith Park Observatory. On the way back, we, th- we talked about drugs. We talked about weed. And I told her, it's not that it's bad. It's just how we handle the situation. I'm like, I'm I just, did it as, yeah. as an experiment to see. And, I've tr- and I did do it a couple of more times, just maybe like a handful of times. But it was never something that I got caught on. 
I, I never got caught on any of that stuff. Because, so, because I, we had soccer. I had soccer. Yeah. So it was like, all right, just going to hang out, smoke a weed or two, smoke a bowl or two. Mind you, I used to ditch six period. I had economics class. I used to ditch and go fucking hide with you guys. Sixth period. <laughs> to the soccer field? To the soccer field. That wasn't, I, I would ditch fifth period. Fifth period was over. I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go hang out. Because Ish, it was Ish, uh, you, Chim, and fucking um, Steve. Steve. And um, you guys didn't have a fucking goalie. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck, I'll I, I play goalie. You know, like my dad, mind you, my dad played goalie when <laughs> he was younger in, in soccer. And I'm like, fuck, I'll go play, I'll go play over there. Had I not gone with you guys, man, I would have fucking ended up a fucking pothead. So, you know, I told her, I'm like, we did it, you know, I did it, but it was like, it was just like a pasatiempo. It was just like, it was honestly, like we got out of practice, like when we got out of soccer practice, you know, the homies were out there, they were smoking and they're like, hey, you guys want to hit? And we looked at each other like, fuck it. What did we do afterwards though? We didn't fucking sit around and go do stupid shit. Yeah, no. We fucking smoked, walked our asses up to fucking Burger King, (laughs) ate... The food tasted fucking delicious, by the way. <laughs> um, we walked over to Dairy Queen to get fucking dessert. Went back to the fucking school. Catched waited school for the bus, bus. Took a fucking nap home. Woke up. Sober. And we fucking went home. And we went home it. and we still had to do homework. Exactly. We needed to maintain our, 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 our grades. Yeah, I just kept to see every second play. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and I never caught on it. You know what I'm saying? So, like I told my daughter... The problem is not the weed. The problem is how you handle it. It's it's when you develop a habit. It's exactly. When you, it's when you actually think to yourself. Because honestly, this is to me, it's it's a psychological problem for somebody that says, "Oh well, I need it. I need it because I can't function without no, it." There are people no. that can actually, that really need it. You know, I've I've known people that can't function. I've known people that are high as fuck, and they function, fucking good. Well, right. There's people that, you know, when they're not on it, they can't function. So. It's it's understandable when you need it because you're obviously your body is used to it, so you you need it. But when you start doing shit like, for example, like I I'll be honest, straight up, I experimented with drugs as a as a as a as a youngster. I did I smoked weed. I did coke. Um, I snorted glass once. Um, I've always I, been scared of that shit. I, I never, and then, never you know what, dude? I was I was mind. hanging I was hanging around with the wrong crowd at the okay. time. So um, I didn't do meth. Well, obviously, glass is almost like meth. Um, I, I've done acid. Um, I've never done heroin. I've never done heroin. Gotcha. Or crack. Fuck oh, actually, that. you know what? No, I can't even lie because one of the homies fucking put a, a fucking a small little rock of fucking coke at the bottom of the fucking pipe. And he fucking packed it with fucking weed. And he did it at school, bro. He did uh. it at the, at the handball courts. And I didn't know. And I took the first rip of that shit. And I was fucked up. I was fucking high, dude. I got fucking high. The bus driver was lost. I thought I knew where the fuck we were going. I ended up, I almost took the bus to the fucking beach. Okay. And if it wasn't for one of the other dudes, remember the twins that, um, they were always playing handball. Okay. And one of them had like a little rat tail. Um, he's like, Hey, where the fuck are you going? He fucking guided us back to where we were going. I was like, all right, cool. You know, I, 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 after that, I never fucking, I stopped smoking weed at that point. Um, but then later on I did smoke weed. I've smoked weed occasionally. Um, you know, when my father passed, I couldn't sleep. Um, I started suffering from depression and anxiety and I wasn't eating. So I remember like, Hey, you know what? We would do it. Give it to my dad. We would give my dad, we would, my dad would smoke, dude. My dad would take fucking pipe ribs and bong ribs, bro. And, and, um, he would get hungry. My dad would get hungry and that's, you know, and then I got out of it. I stopped doing it. Um, I broke my foot 
just recently. Um, I didn't want to take the fucking uh, the pain medication. They gave me um, Norco's, um, and I didn't like it. So I smoked. You know, whenever I had pain, I smoked my. I bought an actual um, a vape pen. Okay. And I smoked it. Um, I haven't touched that shit in almost two months. Okay. But don't get me wrong; it feels good to be high. But it's <laughs> like I don't get anything out of it. Right. I get lazy. I get tired. I get fucking hungry. And mind you, I've gained 26 fucking pounds being at home. So, let me ask you then. Do you miss any of that shit? No. Right? It was just a it was just a small stage of our... It was a phase. Yeah, exactly. It was and a it, phase. And it's okay to go through that. Right? I think it's completely okay because it, it goes through our, you know, human evolution Exactly. Shit, right? But it's like pro- steps in your life. You go right. through it. And you know that if you get caught in it... You're not just hurting yourself, but you're, you're hurting your you're loved ones. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things, man. To where when you start hurting other people other than yourself, it's like that's that's when it's it becomes an emotional abuse towards others. Um, because I've seen it happen. I've seen people go from being cool and you know being crackheads, and they like, give you a they give you a guilt trip because you don't want to help them, and it's like nah. Mm-hmm. Because there's only so much help you can provide as a friend, yeah. right? Yeah. And the help is there. I'm here, but I can only do so much for you, mm-hmm. right? Because, all right, I'm opening this this door for you, but yet I need you to walk through the yep. door because I'm not going to be chasing you once you walk out. Well, in reality, bro, it's it's like you guide them to the door. It's up to them to open it and go through it. You know, right. the way I see it, and I, I, I respect what you're saying, Um because I've had instances with many friends to where I've helped them out. Yeah. Um, I get them to the door. I, I try to help them. And it's just like, no, they want to run back. Yeah. Instead of running out of there, instead of running out of there and trying to fix some shit. No, they want to run back and keep fucking shit up. It's like, okay. All right. Like how many, how many people have, have we, have we maybe come across where they're not doing as good? You know what I'm saying? Where they're not doing as good. Where they got caught up and they ended up, you know, six feet on the ground. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks because at the end of the day, it's like life is not hard. It isn't. You know what I'm saying? Like you take care of your business, you handle your business, you mind your business, you're you kind. St- you stay. It's like when you're driving your car, you stay in your lane, right? You don't just right. fucking jump over to the right or the left. Because the minute you do that, you're gonna an accident. No, same thing in life. Right. Same thing exactly in life. If you if you're gonna do things out of the kindness of your heart. Go ahead and do them. If yep. you're going to try to fuck someone over, I don't want to say this, but fucking karma. Let me tell you right now, payback's a bitch and her stripper name's karma. Right. Because one advice somebody gave you once, and this is how we're going to end this podcast for, for this episode, is if you do something for someone that can never repay you, right, and you do it because you want to and because you do it out of the kindness of your heart, mm-hmm. that is going to come back. Three oh, yeah. times as much. Ten times. It you know what I'm saying? tenfold, man. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, be nice to each other. Be kind. Respect each other. Respect your opinions. And at the end of it all, we're still human beings. Exactly. We all make fucking mistakes. Oh, always, bro. Nobody's you know what I'm perfect. You know? So, with that being said, guys, thank you all so much. Um, Definitely. Christmas edition. You know, Christmas Eve edition. You know, Christmas Eve edition, right? Right. 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 And then... um. Look out for the next podcast. Yep, definitely. Thank you guys for listening.